Greetings and salutations and welcome to the People You Meet podcast. I'm Richard White and thanks for tuning in. For episode 10, we meet William Lawson, founder and pastor emeritus of Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. We met in his living room this week and talked about a number of things, but the biggest thing was how he's been moving forward after becoming a widower. With that being said, I hope you enjoy. So my first question, in your own words, who is William A. Lawson? I have been a college uh, chaplain. Uh, I have been a pastor. And now I'm Pastor Emeritus. At 89 years old, Pastor William A. Lawson has seemed to live a fulfilling life. He founded Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church in 1962, but it didn't start that easy. After graduating seminary school, he came to Houston and was fine with his position. Well, I didn't want to just become a pastor. I was a college chaplain at the newly established college, Texas Southern University. Uh, It had been established in 1947 and there were a number of people who were living in the neighborhood around Texas Southern University who said, we don't have a church in this neighborhood. And there's a college chaplain over here and he could probably establish a church. So those people came to me, uh, including my wife, and they suggested that I establish a church. I declined uh, because I was not a pastor and I was not intending to be a pastor Uh, but they prevailed, including my wife. And so ultimately, I got into the business of establishing Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church, a church for the Third Ward, since we were right between Texas Southern University and the University of Houston. That's how it got started. The same church that started in his living room has now grown to more than 17,000 members with four Sunday services. The church is now in its final stages of fundraising for their brand new building. Even with all its success, Pastor Lawson acknowledges it was a number of factors that helped contribute to the church's growth. It took simply a number of of convicted people who wanted to have a church. It took, took secondly, uh, a sense of concern, first for for the worshipers, and second for the people in the neighborhood. So what what we established was a church that focused on worship, but also wanted to include uh, neighborhood service. And I think that that combination of worship and service was what made Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, That is still a combination. The church was established at the beginning of the civil rights movement. I came to Houston on the same day that the uh, that the Montgomery boycott started. And so I was, I was a part of, of the civil rights movement largely because of the time that I came to Texas Southern. But also uh, what, what was very important in, in the beginning of, of Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church was a number of students who wanted to protest and they wanted to use the chaplain's uh, home uh, to start the protest. And so things started at, 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 at the home of Bill Lawson. Uh, I think that uh, secondly, what, what, what caused it was that most of the people who were interested in the church were young adults and some of them had babies. And that meant that they were concerned not just about the church, its membership, they, they were concerned about the, the effect that, that the church could have on the neighborhood. 
So the nature of the church, I think, uh, involved civil rights, and that was uh, that was how that that, w that was how we got involved in in the civil rights movement. So you have a combination of worship and concern for the neighborhood. Through all those years of service in the community and in the church, it took a strong partner, one that he met long before his move to Texas. I had just left Tennessee State University in Nashville. She was a newcomer to Tennessee State and in the dormitories where she was. And at that time, girls were always in dormitories. But they talked about this fellow who had been uh, the president of the student council and, uh, and who wrote letters to them. And so Audrey said, well, I would like to get a letter from him. So she wrote me the first letter. She had never seen me, and I had uh, never seen her. But she, she wrote me the first letter, and, and I responded. I wrote back. And so we built up a kind of conversation of letters. Uh, and it was six months before I ever saw her. Uh, but I had realized that I had built up an affinity for her, even before I saw her. Over here, you see three volumes uh, of books, the red books. Those, those are the letters that she and I wrote together. And that, that was how we first met and fell in love before we met each other. Uh, but, but that was our courtship, those letters. And when they finally met face to face, well, the first meeting was when I went to St. Louis. I had been born in St. Louis, and, uh, and I met her then in St. Louis. I went to her house, and uh, she came down the stairs, and I saw her through, through this glass door, and she had on a bright red corduroy suit. And so I nicknamed her Little Red. And ever since then, uh, red has been our color. When those books were bound, it was it was decided by the printer that that, that they would be bound in red, and, th and that was how we first met. They were married for more than 60 years and went on a date every Saturday. Close to the end of her life, she developed dementia, and in December 2015, Audrey passed away of natural causes. As he recalls the time he grieved, I glanced over and saw he still wears his wedding ring. It was, to say the least, traumatic, and, and I... I had to become accustomed to not having his life partner with me. Uh, we were very close, and uh, there was virtually not a day when, when she and I were not together. And sort of strange, since we spent so much time apart writing letters, for us to spend so much time together, uh, but it was it, it it was it was a traumatic experience. I think that uh, now I appreciate her far more than I did when she was still with me. And there's virtually no time when I when I will talk about anything that I was involved in when I don't include Audrey, uh, because she was so much a part of my life. When I mention uh, establishing a church. I will mention her. When I mentioned the, the nature of the church, the business of worship plus service, uh, I, will, I will have to mention my wife because I was the preacher and she was the social worker, and so we sort of put together our tendencies. So it, it, 
it was traumatic, but 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 it 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 it, it was at the same time uh, that I was bereft of a life partner. This December makes three years since Pastor Lawson has become a widower, and it's still a challenge. Well, there is no real description for that. Uh, there is a loneliness that I can't describe. Being pastor of a church, uh, there are women who would who, who would probably like to marry me because they would assume that I probably have a, have a lot of money. Uh, but there is no such thing as someone who can take the place of Audrey. So being a widower is certainly not like being out there on the field. Uh, being a widower is now where I have to take close care of my children and I will be very close to all the things that, that she and I did together. Uh, I will go to her, to her manicurist, uh, which, we, which we went to ev every Saturday. And, uh, and I will tend to, uh, to mark all things, uh, all things representing her, red, and, and, and the children's names uh, all meant red. Melanie Cerise means black cherry. And so if you have any contact with, with, with my children, they will be pretty much touched in red. He stays active and makes sure to be up to date on world events. I still value worship very much. And I've been fortunate to find a, to, to find, uh, a successor uh, who, who keeps, a, keeps alive Audrey's and my, my legacy. And Wheeler Avenue is still very much uh, a church of worship and a church of service. Uh, I am still very much involved uh, in things like civil rights. Uh, we, are, we are right now very much concerned about the children uh, who have been uh, who have been left uh, by their families or left from their families, and so and so we are we are we're very, very deeply involved in that. Um, I guess passing my time is 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 not really that good a term uh, because what I'm doing now uh, I I don't, I don't think of as simply passing time. I think of it. As a ministry that, that still has that still has to, has to be carried on, uh, Thursday of next week I'll be 90 years old, and and I guess I've I've never stopped uh, being involved in worship and, and neighborhood service. With the birthday this week, he's more than appreciative for his time on earth and glad he can wake up each day and know what day it is. And like many others, he hopes to have many more birthdays to come. But there's only one thing he wants for upcoming birthdays, and it's not even tangible. I just hope that I can, that I can maintain my 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 mentality. Uh, Alzheimer's is, is is a very real thing, and this is what took Audrey. And so I'm I'm just hoping that uh, that if I live to be 91 or 92 or 93, that I can still that I can still maintain cognition. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor William A. Lawson. If you're interested in knowing more about Pastor Lawson or would like to wish him a happy birthday, you can send your regards to his school, the Wallop TSU Preparatory Academy. A special thanks to Miss Van and Doris Lawson. 
Our music is by Mark Henry Beats, and our image is by Evan White. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TPYMPod, on Instagram at The People You Meet Pod, and The People You Meet Podcast on Facebook. If you like this episode or any others, be sure to leave a five-star review and spread the word. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I'm your host, Richard White, and thank you for listening.